Hey guys, welcome to another uh, episode of the Nightmares Podcast. We have a, a fun one today. We have our usual suspects, uh, Zach. Uh, no, no squirrel comment this time. Oh, uh, the, squ- the squirrels come later. The little Zachy does we squeal have... wee 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 all the way home. I will end you. <laughs> oh, no, no. Let's get past the drill first. Let's get past the intro before death oh, happens. Nice. Uh, Don't worry, that comes later. <laughs> That's fucking stupid, Zach. <laughs> This is what I have to deal with, people. Dude, dude, Zach actually had his hat down, like, so he didn't have to look at me before the intro, because he knows the second he makes eye contact with me, or I make eye contact with him, we burst into laughter. Because we're fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, no, no, no that is absolutely the truth. Twelve-year-olds. Like, it's the type of thing, like, I can shout penis from the other room, and Zach will burst into laughter. <laughs> Plus it's alien penises, and then, you know. Well, no, alien penises, penises we, we all just burst, we all burst into tears. Laughter. There's uh, three idiots and one professional. <laughs> well, yeah, we have a fun one today. We are going to talk about our favorite Wes uh, Craven uh, film. So, um, do you want to guys get get to it? All right. So there's there's a disclaimer with this. Zach and I have made an agreement. Um, we didn't really make an agreement. You it was just more kinda... like I forced it on you guys. Uh, okay. So so Brandon made an ultimatum for Zach and I. Ah, we I am not allowed to talk about Scream. And Zach is not allowed to talk about Nightmare. Um, or the sequels. Or the sequels. To both. Uh, or to both. We, bo- we both love them. We both, we both, you know, Zach hates Scream, but I love, I love Scream. Scream I 3 enjoy. is clearly the superior movie. <laughs> you die. It is, it is. Wait, it's Scream 3 is very underrated. It is, it is, it's the best comedy it is of the, 2000. It is the <laughs> best crossover between horror and Jay and Silent Bob there's ever been. That is, that is a valid point to that. Uh, but yes, yeah, Zach and I have made an agreement that we're going to explore other Wes Craven films besides the Scream series and besides the Nightmare series. Uh, Zach obviously Excellent. loves the Nightmare series. I obviously love the Scream series. I appreciate the Nightmare series. Zach has his opinions about the Scream series. Um, mm-hmm. But we both come to the agreement that Wes Craven does other things besides that. So uh, so that's where we land other here. Weird things. The a couple other you know films here and there you know and and the and I think an episode of uh, what Disney presents he also directed an episode of Disney presents he also did five episodes of the nineteen eighties Twilight Zone which is pretty cool that is pretty cool so uh, so yeah um, I think that we should start with David because David has has been uh, absent this entire time so pressures on yeah. David now ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. my well my things will happen my favorite Wes Craven hands down has always been people under the stairs all right so, um, is it you, a big staircase small staircase like what type of staircase are we talking here it's pretty decent it's pretty decent it's pretty, pretty, pretty decent, decent. Size. um starts off with um I think the intro uh we start off in a in the ghetto basically poor family their mom's uh, sick. I think it's got a cancer or something. Um, they're trying to figure out how to get some money for an operation um, to help her out. And then a friend of the family comes over talks about um, a map he found when they robbed a liquor store. Something about a map. Which is weird, yeah. <laughs> that leads, I guess, to riches or whatever. And apparently the owner of their building, which they're getting kicked out of, by the way, 
so that they can demolish the building and build condos. So they found the uh, map at the liquor store that they robbed belonged to the owner of that building. So they found out where the owner of the building uh, lives. So they tried to hire um, the, you know, the little boys, uh, they call him fool, to try to go in and um, rob the place basically just so that they can get the money out uh, for the operation. So, and then they, you know, they got the uh, freaking mom, what's it called, daddy, mm-hmm. and uh, mother in there with the encounter, which are really freaking insane. Um, basically catches the um, burglar in there, uh, basically shoots them. That's pretty much it. <laughs> For that, well, there's also <laughs> that's like, all I can remember for the people on the stairs. There's also uh, they have all these cannibalistic children that they keep. Yeah, so basically, Which those are the people under the stairs. Yeah, so basically, what <coughs> happened was they definitely want to keep those type of people under your stairs. Yeah, I mean, they basically were kidnapping kids to trying to have like the perfect, I guess, child to speak or see or hear no evil. Mm. So these people under the stairs were ones they kidnapped who just weren't working out for them some of them talked back um so they weren't really listening so some of the ones who cut who were talking back they cut their tongues out and stuck them underneath um in the basement under the stairs locked up so nice nice why do you like this it's really freaking weird and it does relate like Wes Craven does a lot of like the best like horror is based on like life itself really like people can relate with being poor not having enough money for any kind of operations so but for the most part i love this because it's really freaking weird i love the story i love the cinematic parts of it everything like the weird shit yeah the weird uh... shit especially because there's like one moment where the daddy dresses up like a gimp and he's like <laughs> this is where he shoots the you know the the burglar in so and he 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 has fool with him so he's like run fool right and the guy thinks he's calling him a fool so after he shoots him with the shotgun he falls down the stairs like and the mom's like you see what he, you heard what he called you he's like yeah he called me a fool his mama was a fool and he starts dancing this weird shit i was like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> Okay. Alrighty. The, uh... It's really weird. Like he, he dresses like a freaking gimp, and just and he goes around because one of the kids they he put under the stairs got loose and is like in the walls, like running around. So they can't find him. They put him back and lock him up. So once in a while he'll dress up like a gimp, chasing around, shooting um, <laughs> the walls, trying to kill the, the kid who got loose. It's just fucking funny. So if you want to see a gimp chasing children, <laughs> this is the movie this for is, you. Wes Craven does weird fucking shit. And this is why I love Wes Craven. The, <laughs> gimp chasing children. This is really, like, really weird. Now, now that's a hell of a tagline. The, uh, you know, the gimp who chased children. What? what, what? <laughs> it's not the name of the movie, but like that's what happens in the movie, so you should see it. <laughs> yeah, super freaking weird. Oh my god, that's. I so... mean, you like when you watch it, 
I don't know if we're allowed to do any spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is a, yeah there's spoilers like, all the time. Like when you watch it, you think they're husband and wife, but like towards the end, you um, they realize that this is a, a mother or a brother and sister act, which is you know adds to the weird freaking factor to it. Dude, everything's fine it's except like, all the incest. Dude, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the incestuals. The uh, oh my god, that's that seems to be a thing. <laughs> a lot of backward shit going on yeah. in horror movies. Yeah, it's basically like the crazier... It, what he was trying to um, say, I guess, Wes Craven, with the themes, like the crazier you get, the greedier, the greedier you get. So, the greedier you get, the crazier you get. Huh? Yeah. Basically, yeah. You gotta fill in yeah, that yeah. void. Yeah. The, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I top gift suits. The uh, what Gimp else, David? What, uh, what are some other ones that you, that you dig? Uh, let's see, Hills Have Eyes, which we're going to talk about as well in a bit. Definitely dig mainly because of the special effects. Nice involved nice. in that one. Um, let's see, because we can't talk about Nightmare, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one I haven't watched in a while was obviously Serpent and Rainbow, but we'll also talk about that one. Definitely one of my favorites um, by Wes Craven. Um, other than that, that's it. All right, all right. The um, uh, I'm not a fan of Red Eye. I'm not a fan of what? You know, Vampire. What? what you don't? I mean, I was gonna bring, bring it up and like and like talk about you know talk about it, even though it's not a horror movie, it's a thriller. But yeah. I think it's a fantastic thriller. The um, not a fan of that. Yeah, is it too straightforward? Isn't that weird enough for you? No gimp no, suits in no, that it's one? Not. Like, this is where, like, yeah, this we is... need gimp suit men chasing children around in our yeah, movies. This, this is not. Wes, a... we're on a fucking airplane. We can't. There's no room to do this shit here. You have a whole aisle. <laughs> There's a whole other movie. Like, we'll just put a gimp in the background and maybe somebody will notice. He's just rubbing the kid's back. The, uh, this is weird. Or some kind of booty What the ceremony. fuck is going on in 24B? <laughs> yeah. Stewardess, what's going on? <laughs> I need an adult. I am an adult. <gasps> <laughs> Barely. It, 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 it's the greatest trilogy ever. Snakes on a plane, planes on a snake, gimps on a plane. <laughs> Directed by Wes Craven's ghost. Wow. Gimps on a plane. Wow. Just wow. Why That's some we weird shit. This? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Zach. Because <laughs> I don't want to make a movie where gimps chase children. It's not the 80s. We can't do that shit anymore. Look, if Sharknado can sell, this shit can sell even higher. Oh, my God. People are going to be so... No. It's dumbfounded. It's gimps on a plane. I gotta see this. It's like there's nothing going on. It's a little weird sex on a plane. <laughs> That's it. He's like it's the same thing as making like furries on a plane. There would just be a lot of weird okay, shit Mark, going on. Mark, that's plane. that's too far. We, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you draw the line. I, I love it. Wow, I think we actually found Zach's line. The furries, it's furries. Really. That's where Zach draws the line. No matter what airplane movie you make, it's never going to be worse than Airplane Two, the sequel, or Soul Plane. Fair enough. I watched Soul Plane. I don't never remember seen much Soul of plane. it. I didn't eh. know that You've Airplane Two existed. You guys have never seen Soul Plane. I know, I, I've I, seen I know it. who's in it, and I know what what happens in it, but I don't think anybody cared to watch it. What? It's a really good Kevin Hart movie. Snoop Dogg's in it. Yeah, I forgot Tom, about Tom it. Tom Arnold. For good measure, Tom Arnold plays a white guy in it. Tom Arnold plays a white guy in everything he's 
<laughs> shot by the same cinematographer as Deadpool 2 in the first John Wick. It's a good movie. The, it is. God, cinematographers have weird fucking careers. Yeah, Snoop really Dogg do. in it, it's going to be a good fucking movie. The uh, speaking of uh, of of that, I watched Vampire in Brooklyn too. Oh, yeah. The that Ugh. that was a bad Ugh. movie. I know, definitely not a fan of that. One. Dude, it's it. it's like coming Don't. to it's like coming to America, except there are vampires and it's not funny. <laughs> the um, uh, and that that's not far. Dude, I was watching. I was watching when so Sa- there's a reason why John Landis is the comedy director and Wes Craven's the horror director. Shit, absolutely. Yeah. The I know, like I know, like how this all went down. Like Eddie Murphy was at the top of his career at the time, and he's like. I really want to be in a horror movie, like, because I enjoy them, and like, and I want to play a vampire, and like, I want to, I want to just be a vampire and, and have awesome, and you know, and like, like, basically, we'll, we'll just, we'll just make up the script as we go. I'm gonna have my brother Charlie write the script, like, yeah, Charlie, write, write a script about vampires. Hell yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, <laughs> Murphy, the, um, uh, he fucking wrote a script, and it was done by Eddie Production, um, Eddie uh, Murphy Productions. And I know for a fact that this was a Wes Craven paycheck. This was not a Wes Craven, you know, Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, approached him and says, hey, I want to make a movie where I play Dracula, essentially, or Nosferatu. And Wes is like, (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. Let me see the script. And and, and he's like, I'm going to have to say no. Uh, I'm going to pay you this much money. Oh, when do we start? The... The uh, that was one of those paycheck movies. Um, uh, it was terrible. Um, it was barely funny, barely had a coherent yeah. script. The only bright note is that Eddie Murphy did a pretty good job playing a Nosferatu type character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, were they trying to make it comedic or was it trying to be serious? Um, it, like it had like it was pseudo funny, but like, but the problem was they left the comedy up to an, an annoying sidekick. That it, it that it is terrible, and like every New York black guy stereotype that you could throw into one fucking character, he threw into this one character, <laughs> and it was horror. It was bad. It was just yeah. really fucking bad. Um, uh, again, that's all I remember about it. It was really bad, and it had Eddie Murphy as a fucking vampire. The um, uh, I mean, in in and I know for a fact it probably made its money back, um, and probably then some, well, yeah, just because Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy was yeah. on top of his game at that time. But like, but man, it was it was just a bad movie. The um, I I can see like where Eddie Murphy wanted budget you know. was twenty million, domestic Damn. gross was nineteen point seven million. Maybe Almost. it didn't. Um, I'm Almost. reading the IMDb trivia. Like I have not seen Vampire in Brooklyn, but I'm reading the IMDb trivia, and. According to a Wes Craven interview, Eddie Murphy ignored his requests on how to play the character. And so he says Eddie Murphy tried to make it more of a comedy. But Charlie Murphy apparently said in another interview that it was written as a straight-up horror movie. But Wes Craven is the one that turned it into a comedy. So there seems mm-hmm. to be um, some discrepancy about who's to blame for this movie. I'm going to go with blaming um, it Eddie does, Murphy on this it does, it does also say that Eddie Murphy only made the movie... To um, finish a contract with that studio, so he could finally move on and do Nutty Professor. Ah, oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. The um, just to wrap it up, um, the um, yeah, I think it might have been, yeah, it might have been a chance of 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 circumstance, and Charlie Murphy might have actually just really wanted to do a straight up horror movie, and like I wouldn't put it past him. He was he's a pretty smart writer, um, uh, but like 
but yeah, this is definitely one of those like paycheck movies. Like everybody wanted to just get their money and then get the fuck out. Yeah, that explains mm. a lot. Now, was it a paycheck movie or was it a, everybody was trying to make a completely different kind of movie? Movie. Well, that it, well, that's that uh, that that sometimes those uh, those yeah. worlds collide. So um, it's definitely um, that. I think at some point, I'm sure Wes Craven said, "Fuck it, you you know, I'm just gonna make this movie, get the paycheck." And then move on to whatever else I want to move on. Cause, and I'm sure he did try and be like, hey, like, you know, uh, like, hey, let's move this in a mm-hmm. direction. And and he's probably like, all right, well, I guess nobody's listening to me. So, I, you know, Wes, I, know. I, I don't imagine that, like, Wes is one of those people that he'll only go so far to fight. And then and then I'll just, just say, fuck it, let it go. Yeah. The um, I don't think he ever really had any patience for that kind of drama. The um, uh, the, you know the 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 spoiled actor, all that bullshit. He's like the prima donnas. Prima donnas, fuck off, <laughs> fuck off, man. Yeah. The um, uh, you know, and you're cinematographers not... though. He has no problem firing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I that that story. Okay, so please share. I I said this article. I I told you about that story, and you found another. Interview I have researched this, and I've researched it a little bit a bit more since. Um, and this actually is a it's a scream story, but it's the you know. Yeah. So Mark Irwin was the cinematographer for Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Vampire in Brooklyn, and Scream. With one week left in production during Scream. Uh, Wes fires Mark Irwin over alleged focus issues with all the footage, not just with like recent footage. Like he says, all the footage that's been shot is completely unusable and they need to reshoot the entire movie. Um, And they're saying this in one of the daily screening rooms to him. So it's Wes Irwin and one or two of the producers. And I believe it was the producer who producer who told Mark Irwin we want you to fire the camera crew, grip crew, electrical crew, and get an entire new camera package. And Irwin said, "Do you, actually, you don't want to fire DP as well. And Wes says, good idea. Mark Irwin's gone. They bring in Peter Deming, who also shot all the sequels. Yeah. Um, there is an interview that Mark Irwin did with a... It was either some news show or a podcast. I don't know. I only found the one single clip about it where he tells the story. So I guess we'll put a link of that in the description. Because I'm sure he can explain it a lot better than I can. Um, But yeah, so essentially before he got fired, he did call the editor to see what was going on. The editor told him, no, everything's fine. But the producers insisted everything's out of focus. He gets fired. There's also a 2011 documentary called Scream, The Inside Story, yep. where he um, pretty much says the same story, but goes a little more into it, where he says he doesn't know if somebody um, just didn't like him and wanted him gone. But he said the, the weird thing is, all the footage he shot is still in the movie. Yeah, that's that's the really weird part of that, yeah. that everything else, like the which is... Which actually makes perfect sense because there's no way that they can go back and, and, no. and re- yeah, they have one shoot week. Every you're not, you're not week. getting exactly. Drew Barrymore yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. Drew no. Barrymore's going to do that shit once. Yeah. The um uh, the uh, yeah, it was a really odd story. I think I think it had more. To, and even he in the by the way, great documentary if you haven't watched it. The Inside Story on on Scream. Great, you know, really great documentary. A lot of cool stuff in there. But the funny thing is that that. Like, I think this had way more to do with the Weinsteins than it had to do with anything with Wes. 
Um, uh, you know, it just it was weird that like him Weinstein and Mark was not the producer present at the time. I and mean, who knows? It could have been them who you know it could have rolled downhill but yep. mm-hmm. nobody nobody in this room really knows what happened oh and no one ever will um uh, you know wes is gone and you know and, and the weinsteins are where the weinsteins are at um I, the uh so no one will ever know but yeah it was it, it's an odd it was an odd thing i don't know you know it just seems strange that mark was working with with wes for years yeah and, and all of a sudden yeah you know, it, it, like it, it, yeah it's because David Arquette even said in the same documentary, he did, like he showed up the next day and Mark Irwin was gone. So he's like, okay, I guess they had some sort of creative difference. So even the actors didn't really know what happened. Yeah, the um, uh, yeah, it was a Which, whole. Why would they? Yeah, exactly. It was just very, it was a very, very weird thing to have it like a week before. Yeah, and I can, I, I mean, and that's the reason why I'm assuming that it came from up top because nobody in the production would would want to want to get rid of somebody that late in the game yeah and if everything really was out of focus you don't wait till the last week to point it out yeah that that was that definitely screams of sometimes smoke screen complaint ever if if everything's out of focus you you address that the first day every shot out of focus that's a huge fucking problem yeah Yeah, you know what and the problem is there's no specificity about what shots they were what what was going on you know, it, like it, in the interview, Mark Mark says that they're looking at dailies, and he turns around to him and says, "All these shots are out of focus." He's like, "Well, what do you mean?" Like, and Wes is like, "Well, here's what we're gonna do," and they kind of just moved on from it. They didn't really, you know, care to explain. And then yeah. Brandon, you actually found like only one so, shot. So, um, yeah, when I was rewatching the movie last week, and it's I could have missed a lot of others, but there's only one shot that looked out of focus to me. And that was when um, Nev Campbell's running out the door. She opens the door and David Arquette's there with the mask. Uh And the camera's moving in on David Arquette. Um, So it's the camera's moving in on David Arquette. Then it cuts back to Nev Campbell. Then it cuts back to David Arquette. On that first shot where the camera's moving to him and she first opens the door, David Arquette is out of focus. Then it cuts to Nev Campbell's reaction, cuts back to David Arquette, and he's in focus. So because it cut the shot for all we know it's the focus pullers might not have reached his point by the time they cut out so is that shot really out of focus i can't really answer that without seeing the actual uncut shot version and i've seen that movie dozens of times and i know david you have as well i don't i I, you know i've never noticed and i'm pretty good about noticing this even something blatant like, you know, pretty nice. Zach's seen it a, a couple times as well. Zach, did you notice anything that was particularly out of, of focus? Of all the problems I have with those movies, that was never one of the problems I had. It's uh, like, if it was out of focus, people would know. Yeah, I, I would have seen too. out of focus projects before. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> um, uh, we've seen plenty. <laughs> yeah. We oh, have um, seen plenty. And in that one podcast clip that we'll post, he, he does say that, um, and this is just true with especially with the older anamorphic lenses since they did shoot this anamorphic those lenses are funky as all hell like oh yeah anamorphics are pretty much built on being imperfect and Mm -hmm. if you have like the wrong projector anything like that that can compound those issues i'm oversimplifying it right now but anamorphics are not like pristine sharp 
what's the word I'm looking for? Lenses? Top of the line. I mean, they're top of the line, but they're not. They're not... Um, Reliable? No, it's... They have, a, ass, it's they have a lot ass, more character yeah. to them. Okay. We'll put it that way. It's an interesting way of putting it. It's um, hard getting there are a lot. There are a lot newer too. ones that are a lot cleaner and everything, a lot yeah. sharper, but... Um, yeah, they're not they're not like spherical lenses, which you can get a really perfect look in spherical lens. Yeah. They they have a lot more character to them. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair you enough. Get a lot a lot more distortion. A lot more distortion. Yeah, there's yeah the um, very specific types of lens flares. If you've ever yeah. watched a J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, you know what I'm talking about. Oh Jesus, um, that's really what their main use for like just a lot of lens flares oh yeah. yeah but that's also how you would get the two three five aspect yeah. ratio back then either that or use only two perf 35 millimeter film um so what anamorphic lenses do is that they squeeze the image onto the film and then you have a projector lens that essentially de-squeezes it and that's how you get the wider two three five by one okay aspect ratio so that's how you would get it back then of course after after like 1983, 84, the Super 35 process came to be, which is pretty much just like cropping the image. And of course now we have digital where you can just hard mat it in the camera or crop it yourself. There are a lot of options now, but. Fair enough, yeah. you gotta work with the tools you got. Yeah. The, um, I will say this though, like, in, um, and not talking about, you know, of our opinions on the movie, but the behind the scenes shit on screen is actually pretty, pretty cool to learn about. It's a great documentary, the inside story on on screen, like all the different ways. I mean, Kevin Williams, uh, you know, based that, uh, you know, a huge portion of that story or his inspiration for that story was about the Gainesville Ripper. Um, uh, he was house sitting for a friend and he and he was watching the documentary on the Gainesville Ripper. And he actually um, called a friend to like have him calm himself down. And they ended up talking about scary movies. And that's actually where they came up with that line. What's your favorite scary movie? And, and he said, holy shit, this is a crazy idea. And he went that night and wrote the first 15 minutes, which is with the Drew Barrymore stuff. And then he went out to the desert, um, uh, you know, in Palm Springs for like a fucking weekend. Um, um, uh, and then... And, <laughs> um, uh, and wrote and, and basically just wrote it over a weekend like wrote the entire script nice. over a fucking weekend nice. um, uh, like and he was and, and he was really broke at the time and, and he's like fuck I gotta, I gotta do this I gotta get this idea out um, and try to get it out there as soon as I possibly can so it was kind of cool it was kind of cool how he like the whole inspiration came up with that idea and then also his obsession with, with horror movies and all the references he threw in there um, uh, but yeah all the the, the production shit and the, the bullshit they Zach I don't know like I don't have you seen the documentary no the um uh, the, the whole story about the NPAA it's fucking ridiculous the uh, they had to go back like 19 times to get the R rating they're gonna give it uh, an X rating which is fucking ridiculous the, I fucking hate the MPAA do, so much do, do they like they were like like so the whole like opening scene Drew Barrymore um when the boyfriend gets gutted you're supposed to see that shit like but they had to cut it out for the MPAA. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, you're supposed to see all of his guts fa- uh, um, fall out, but they have to. They had to cut it because of the MPA regulations. Dude, that sucks. That would have been friggin' awesome. Dude, um, uh, and, and, and there's a director's cut somewhere um, uh, with way more shit in it. Um, uh, and that's and actually, funny enough, Zach, I think that's the MPAA is the reason why you have issues with it is because it was supposed to be more graphic than it actually turned out to be. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but 
but the funny thing is, like, they the MPAA was gonna was gonna um, make them cut out that whole fucking last part of the movie, which is the movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and you know, with them stabbing each other in the, yeah. in the kitchen, and he's like, "That's gonna kill the fucking movie." And he finally he turned to uh, to Bob uh, Weinstein and said, "Hey, can you do this?" He made one call to them, and he and they got the R rating. Um, well, what, what they said was. <clears throat> Look at it as a comedy and not that's as a what, horror movie. And and, and, and and that's how Bob got the nice. R. He's like, it's like you know, he's like, he's like, I I understand it's the, um, you know, it's an extreme situation, but if you look at it from the point of view of satire, you'll start to understand that there's elements of comedy in this. And then all of a sudden, I guess they got it, and they they ended up going. I wish that they didn't cut out as much shit as they did, um, uh, but it ended up uh, ended up working out. So the, it is uh, a director's cut. I would ho- I would love I, if there's a director's cut. That'd be amazing. If there is, it's not available on anything I know. That's and that sucks. That well, sucks then it's never gonna happen. Nah, no. I know. What are you gonna do? The uh, what are you gonna do? Disappointed now. The uh, eh, you know the uh, never <laughs> you never. Uh, so moving past uh, um, a Vampire in Brooklyn, um, I watched uh, Shocker, uh, which was actually pretty good. Um, I actually enjoyed it. So. Uh, story essentially is a, um, a, a young college kid in a small town, um, is kind of like slipping in and out of dream states, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's kind of a lot of weird stuff with dream states, but he has a dream about his foster mother and his foster little sisters being murdered. And then literally like right when he gets up, he realizes that it actually happened in real life. And he starts to realize that he has some type of psychic connection to a serial killer um, uh, that is um, uh, that is going around and killing people. Same voice of it's the same guy who voices, I believe no, it's, no, no, it's not that same guy. I'm trying to remember this this guy's name. Um, let me look it up real quick. Um, but essentially, he is uh, following and trying to catch the serial killer. His his foster dad is like the lead detective for the whole town. And eventually, he gets to... it's. I think that's my only big complaint, though. It's almost like two movies in one. Um, and I wish they would have cut shortened this up just a little bit. Because that definitely did seem a little too long. But eventually, they catch up to this guy. Um, and it's played by uh, Mitch... Uh, Mitch Pel- uh, Pelagni? Uh, Pelagni? Pelagni, thank you. I don't know why I was having such a hard time with that. Um, uh, he's been in a bunch of different shit. Um, uh, but he's it really... Really good actor, mostly TV, um, uh, but the um, but the end they end up catching the guy through his son's dreams. Why his dad even like his dad basically goes from one to a hundred. He's like, I think you're full of shit too. I believe you now. The, uh, <laughs> the um, uh, which is a little weird, um, uh, but they ended up uh, believing him. They ended up uh, closing in on him. They finally uh, because of the kid, they actually find out who he is because for. A huge portion of the movie, they don't even know who the killer is, except us and the you know in the audience and him. And he, um, they finally catch up to him. They sentence him to the electric chair. He goes to the electric chair, gets fried in the electric chair, dies. Um, and like, there's a pseudo escape, and he kills like a couple people in the in the uh, the room, and then he ends up dying. He comes and it comes back to life as a ghost. That can travel between bodies. Um, he basically becomes pure electricity, so he can jump from body to body, controlling <laughs> people. And just this kid trying uh, to deal with shit. Um, uh, the um, 
Actually, I they um uh, and then they they formulate a whole spoiler alert. They formulate a whole plan where they're gonna trap him in a TV because uh, he can jump from TV to TV, which I can start to see the the meta references, and I can see you know um New Nightmare and Scream on the horizon with this movie because they touch into those like meta shit. Like he literally, the kid ends up um, traveling into the TV land and chasing him. Um, uh, because, and I know I forgot to mention this other part, he has a girlfriend that ends up getting murdered and she becomes a ghost and helps him out throughout the entire movie. Um, so there's a whole subplot with that. There's a lot of, like, plots going on. Um, uh, and I, most of, some of them work, some of them don't. But it ends up being a pretty good thing. Um, and he's also friends with, like, his whole football team and they end up helping him concoct this plan, which leads to a great line in the, in the whole movie. The whole line, and I could see it coming, but you know, it, but they what they're gonna do is they're gonna trap him inside the TV and then cut the power for the whole town. So the whole football team gets together and breaks into the power plant to go and take the take the power down. I love what this kid says. Um, uh, his one best friend, um, I, you know, um, goes up to the little power grid and it's locked. And the one like whiny kid's like, "It's locked." He's like, "He's like, he's like, then pick the lock." He's like, "That's a felony." He's like. No, that's a lock. Pick it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty yeah. good fucking line. <laughs> I'm gonna use that from now on. The um, uh, um but it, it um, it actually been it was a pretty cool movie. Um, uh, I've come to this consensus that that with almost any movie, if you have me wondering how this is all gonna play out, mm-hmm. I pretty much am okay with with that movie. I enjoy that movie. If I've if you lost my interest in giving a shit like Vampire in Brooklyn did, you've already lost me. Like, if I'm yeah. not wondering about how this is all going to come to completion, then I just don't give a shit about the movie. I really don't. The um, And with this particular movie, I did. I thought it was a good a good job. Certainly not, like, a perfect movie. The acting sometimes it gets a little bogged down. It's like, there's, there's some plot it's, choices it's in there. Or Elm Street or Scream 3. Uh... It's uh, uh. <laughs> um, Scream Three is is another animal all by itself. Um, there's a lot of like underacting, rather in Scream Three. There's a lot of overacting. The um, uh, this this <laughs> this this football player kid always looks has the same fucking emotion during the entire thing. Um, I liked what was going on with him, but like he always seems like he either either just got up. Or just got finished having sex. <laughs> he's like, he's like, whoa! Oh. It was like this, like, like thousand mile stare to him, and I don't, I don't know why. It's always like he's either like come out of another state. The, um, uh, I mean, I, I guess I enjoyed him. I enjoyed for what what it was and what he did. Um, there's some like, and again, there's some plot choices. Like, um, there's a there's a necklace that um, uh, that that uh, his girlfriend used to have that gave him to him. Basically, that can is the only thing that can battle against um, uh, the, the 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 main villain. He, um, uh, because when he jumps from body to body, like it, he puts it up against the body, and then he and then he automatically gets kicked out of that body. And then at one time, he takes the necklace and throws it into a lake, and then they literally go back. Um, uh, to go get it, and he's like, I can't, I can't see inside the lake. And like, hey, you know, other two characters to go off and be murdered or murdered each other. Go and get, go to my house and get my goggles and shit. <laughs> and then like they're still waiting, and it's the middle of the fucking night. And then like we have to, we still have to wait for our goggles. And I'm like, even if you had the fucking goggles, there's no way you could see a necklace no. in the middle of a man-made lake. 
in the middle of the fucking night. So, um, so it's stupid plot choices like that that I go, wow, that's 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 really shitty. That's but something that is something. There's something else, and then there's something. Um, uh, it's uh, it's certainly not you know uh, you know what does it say? Um, uh, but from that's Scream pure 3. gold right there. Oh man, it is the <laughs> one of the best scenes. It oh my god, I think we I can all it. agree that Scream Three is pretty bad. No, um, it's amazing. It is the best oh, in the series. It is the most unintentional comedy I've I've seen in a while. But that's not a problem. The uh, it's like too it's much, like the happening. Too much Creed. Um, uh, happening was way too much Creed. Way too, way too much Creed. Um, Will you take me you higher? Can never Mark? have too much Creed. The uh, <laughs> I, I think this one. You, I think this one. We found our limit. I don't the, know, Mark. I, I think they take it higher. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Go to the corner right now. Is it, I'm putting you in timeout. Yeah, you're in timeout. Yeah, Zach's not timeout, everyone. Zach's in timeout right now. Will you take me to a place where blind men see? <laughs> Can you take me Everyone talks with vowels and sings with vowels <laughs> in the early 2000s and late 90s. Everybody. <laughs> Surprised they didn't have any nickel bag in it. Oh, I am. Sh- oh, no, I would that, blow my brains out. Uh, Sam Raimi took that from them. The uh, dude, okay. Oh. Kevin Williams didn't write that script. Like he gave Cliff notes, and somebody else fucking wrote it. And you can feel. Oh yeah. His presence missing in that. Look, shit. clearly they did the better job. They mm. need to bring him back. What? What are we at? Five? Six? I don't know. Four. 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 You're at four movies. Four and... came out. They're making another one, right? Five. Yeah. 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 They clearly need to bring series. this guy back. What, the guy who wrote Scream 3? Yes. No. If they don't bring no. him back, then it's not going to be a good movie. No, no, you were you're incorrect, sir. Anyway, I'm, I, we, we agreed, so let's let's move on from that. We agreed Scream 3 is the best Scream there is. Oh, it's the most. It's the, one of the best unintentional comedies I've yeah. seen in a while. Also has Definitely. one of the best Carrie Fisher cameos. That is, okay, oh, that, yeah. that, is, that is hands down one of the best Carrie Fisher. You know, and it, she it, was it, also in Jay and Saw Bob Strike Back. Yes, she was. You know, like Wes Craven was. Huh. The, I just I love it. It's, it's uncanny. You look just like her. And like, yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. And everything else. Yeah, I, am, I was up for Princess Leia. You know who gets it? The chick who's sleeping with George Lucas. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Rest in peace, Carrie. You will be. Oh, missed. oh. Just... Yeah, in Scream Three, same writer as Transformers Two, Three, and Four, and The Ring. I've never, See, that's why I like the movie. <laughs> I, I have never been so felt so disappointed at the same time of that makes sense emotion in my life. Well, you don't like mechanical testicles? Games. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> the uh, I remember going to that movie was terrible. The uh, Transformers two. I think it's probably one of the worst one of the worst action movies I've ever seen. The uh, it, it is up there. I don't remember much about that one. Neither do I. All anybody remembers but, are under the mechanical scrotum. But for but for different reasons that I'll share ah. off of this podcast. <laughs> the um uh, I, uh the uh, yeah I'll tell you guys a funny story later about Transformers too. Anyway, I think I know this story. Does it have to do with Megan Fox? No, it doesn't. Um, uh, does it have to do with who you saw it with? Yes. Okay, I've heard right. the story <laughs> later. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, so um. So yeah, Shocker was good though. It's it's like it was perfect for what I did. Like I was I was outside, it was a really nice night. I had my 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 iPad and I watched it outside. It was great. Like it was a great like just chill and watch uh, watch a pretty good horror movie. 
it was it's an enjoyable movie i might take it up it's been a very long time since i've seen it but i liked it i do know the story behind how yeah you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me something about that so the producer of it uh shep gordon um he actually started out in the music business he's actually been involved with a lot of alice cooper stuff um but he wanted to get into movies and he mostly just cared about video sales because that's where you make because like once the movie's out of theaters it's out of theaters so he wanted to make a movie to make money both in theaters but also still make a lot of money in video sales well that, that during that time though that was that for that especially was for horror movies yeah. that was yeah. huge that was uh um what the fuck company was it that was viacon or whatever vestron vestron was it vestron vestron hey, vestron yeah it was the one that that produced dirty dancing um, uh, the, uh, there was a whole, the other, there's a whole other behind the scenes story about that company putting money into, um, uh, into Dirty Dancing because no other studio wanted to make it. So yeah. they were the last company to, to produce the huh. Dirty Dancing. I actually no. never saw Dirty Dancing. So. It's a, um, yeah. but anyway, so yeah, he used to work in music, which is also why there's a lot of music in his movies. There, um, there is actually dude, um uh, that um I was gonna tell you I completely forgot about that there is a um an awesome cover by Dave uh, Dave Mustaine for an Alice Cooper song No One Mister Nice Guy and there is a couple of Van Halen songs in there there's a couple um a couple other really awesome like eighties metal songs in there it's it's, it's it yeah. has a phenomenal soundtrack and that makes sense why yeah huh. um so yeah it's he wanted to just hire whoever the most bankable horror directors were. So he actually signed like a four movie deal with John Carpenter. And he said, I'm going to give you a budget. You can spend a penny of it. You can spend the entirety of it. You can do whatever you want as long as it's within this budget and your name has to go above the title. So that's why you have John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, John Carpenter's They Live. Um, For some reason, John Carpenter decided not to finish his four picture contract. So he, uh, he asked, can I just give these remaining two slots to Wes Craven? And that's how we got Wes Craven's Shocker and Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Mm. Um, so yeah, basically this producer is like, you guys can do whatever you want. Just put your name over the title and it's made within this budget. Nice. I like that. I like that story. All right. I like that story. The, um, uh, yeah, and that makes sense though. Like I'm saying with a lot of the music um, in there because there is a lot, of, a lot of cool music. And it's very, like, the movie's very much of its time. Like, you can tell that it's very much of that 80s world. Oh, dude. The, um, it's very much of that 80s world. Um, uh, the, Probably one of the best times for horror, I think, is the 80s. Well, yeah, dude. Oh, okay. absolutely. The, they made the whole fucking documentary about, about, about yeah, 80s no. horror. Something the, about that practical, man, effects, man, just still... Well, yeah, nothing will ever be uh, the practical nothing, effects. Well, and also, too, you gotta think about the business side as well. It, I'm sorry, what was the name of the company again? The uh, the VHS horror company, the one that made a lot of horror horror movies. You just you just uh, said it two seconds if ago. If it's the same one we're thinking of, Vestron. I think it's, I think it is uh, Vestron. Um, Vestron had come around and like and said, hey, you know, like there's a huge market for VHS rentals and VHS mm. sales oh, yeah. for, um, uh, you know, for horror movies. So like, there was a bunch of shit getting pumped out real fast, and some of it was just for VHS sales. It wasn't for you know um, anything else and yeah. and a lot of those horror directors the ones that were considered mainstream even they had a voice back then 
in like the underground VHS world. They made a lot of like schlock B horror movies. A lot of experimental, a lot of experimental experimental shit. I mean, it was it was really interesting, and there was an audience for it. It was almost like it, 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 like it was like a pre-internet. It was very pre-internet. Very like it was like the the you know it's kind of like how YouTube is now. You know, like you have such a variety of shit. Like back then, the VHS has made it possible for companies to do to do shit. That wouldn't you wouldn't have to do in a theater because they wouldn't and like Brandon was saying they, they made more money, um you know in the VHS sales than they did in yeah. on the actual theatrical releases. Um, not to mention too that like it was um, that was interesting of like the eighties and nineties mm-hmm. with VHSs and um, and CDs and with music. Yeah. It was the best margins for for those industries. Like, it was very cost-effective to just print out, like, a thousand VHSs than to go and have them streamlined in all these different theaters. Same thing with CDs. Like, when CDs came out, like, they could sell them, you know, make them for, like, 30 cents and then sell them for, like, $20, $30 a that's piece. Why, that's why, I like, um, a lot of their budgets went to, like, cover art. You know, yeah, exactly. Like there was a lot more of that going on. Um, like, you know, cover art was a huge thing back then. Cover art is what yeah. would sell you on video yep. games, Everything. movies, music back in the day. Correct. I remember just browsing like just stores and just be like, "This game looks awesome. I'm gonna pick it out." And that's and that was their was was their point was that that the art was the most important thing. I think I sent you that whole. Uh, like a little news clip from like 1985 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I sent you it on Facebook. Um, it was specifically talking about like the violence and the horror, um, uh, you know, uh, horror in the 80s and a lot of that underground VHSs that weren't rated by the Motion Picture Association, the MPAA. Um, so there's a huge audience for that, and they were, and they were talking about the subculture of all this stuff. That's a whole. That's a movie or documentary on its own. Like the subculture of like these VHS clubs. Back in the day, because they would have like mail in order shit, so that you wouldn't even go to Blockbuster. They would just mail it to you, and you'd do like a Sears catalog. But like Zach was saying, though, when you wandered through Blockbuster, um, Hollywood um, video, or, or Hollywood video, or Family Video, it was it, like you would just find shit. Like that was a cool part. It was it, it, you browsed and you just found things that looked cool. Exactly. And that was a part of the game was you had to create amazing cover amazing artwork to capture somebody's attention oh, yeah. back then. So it's kind of like um, you know you just browse. It was like the first time I ever discovered Rhapsody, um, uh, uh, or uh, one of the streaming services. They had like genres upon subgenres. Like I discovered like rock and roll, then they had metal, then they and then below metal they had all these other subcategories, and the, it was just fun to explore. It was, it was fun to to try to discover new shit, um, uh, and it had it kept going. I'm sure that they it would have got even crazier and crazier. Yeah. Um, I think that's why Wes Craven decided to make um, Serpent in the Rainbow, I think. Okay. There's a lot of experimental stuff in there. All right. Well, do, 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 um, so, is, that one, is that one of your, your favorites? Definitely one of my favorites. But is that Brad, one of Brandon's favorites? He's the one that's going to talk, gonna talk about that. Yeah, that might be a good transition into my pick. Man. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. Go for it. Um, so my pick, is, my two picks are Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. Um, <laughs> Dude, guys, you're about to hear Brandon get stabbed in the throat, and I'm gonna let him. <laughs> the, nice and sharp. The, <laughs> my, my well pick. played, Brandon. <laughs> well played. Touche, sir. Touche. Uh, my pick today is Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, it's about an anthropologist who's sent to by a pharmaceutical company to go to Haiti to bring back essentially 
a drug that turns people into zombies. Played by the best U.S. president in any movie ever, Bill Paxton. Bill Pullman. Bill, Bill Pullman. Pullman. Oh, yeah, I was mixed up. Lone Star. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, sorry, but he is the best U.S. president in any movie. Independence Day. Um, that fucking speech is killer, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever not a big fan of but yeah it's they actually filmed the bulk of it in Haiti until um, basically the government couldn't guarantee their safety anymore so then they moved production over to the Dominican Republic yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah you couldn't yeah yeah it's um, literally one of the poorest countries on the face yeah, of the earth. They're, oh, wow. they're going through like a civil war, right? Yeah, they, were, so. they had just gone through a revolution. Yeah. The movie's about a revolution happening, and I think another revolution happened yep. like right after. Um, but yeah, they actually filmed it in a slum in Haiti um, during a time where like, temples were being burned down, and there was a resistance against the voodoo religion, which is what the yep. movie's about, the voodoo religion. Um so yeah, Bill Paxton's just trying to bring back this drug that turns people into zombies. Uh, there's this one guy he meets who has like a scam powder. Essentially, he tries to sell him rat poison instead of the zombie powder. Um, and then there's like this really creepy scene. It's like after he's like given the powder and everything, he's like going around and it's like he has this red cross painted mm-hmm. on his forehead. And he's like, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. This is where he's having that panic attack. Yeah. And then he, we have... The camera on a steady following him. We have a really distortion there. Yeah, and the camera's yeah, it's like, on him, on him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then they bury him alive. Uh, there's some really intense stuff in it. And yeah, it's you don't see anything like this movie. No. Like he, Movies don't film at locations like this. Movies no. don't treat voodoo like this because Wes actually didn't want to treat it like a horror movie he wanted to treat it as like an actual serious drama with horror elements and I do think that really comes through nice. and um, yeah even the crew knew it's like we're, we're probably never going to film here ever again <laughs> which is why <laughs> the DP wanted to mostly go handheld yeah. so he could just take advantage of the locations and it felt like we were in there like if you watch the film it really, it's, he used actual people who practice voodoo religion yeah. and shot them mainly like most of the bureau was them actually performing the ceremonies yeah and there's like this whole pilgrimage scene that they only needed yeah. three thousand extras for they got six six thousand extras wow. like they got double the amount of people that they were expecting or needed jesus um, christ there's this one there's this one woman in it who actually eats a glass on camera and it wasn't prop glass like she was legitimately eating oh, a glass it was actual it was glass when she did that yeah was, like, this, was this the dinner scene mm-hmm. holy like shit. the dp is like there's an interview with the dp where he's talking wow. about yeah he's right there like this close to her he's looking through the camera camera eyepiece and he's just getting and he's just like what is happening was this like keep shooting was this like yeah. scripted or um, it becomes like Nightcrawler there. You know, whatever you do, don't stop. The fact stop, that you said that it was actual glass, I, I don't think that was scripted at all. I think I'm that was I'm not something... recalling if it was actually scripted or if it was scripted, but she just ate a real glass anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The, I have a lot of respect for, like, there's something interesting about movies that are filmed about something 
and are in it at the same time. Yes. Like, like God, like, well, apocalypse, you know, (laughs) you guys know the story about, like, you guys know half the story about apocalypse now. Yeah. Like that, that was all, those helicopters were on loan from the Philippine government. Yeah. And they would actually use those same helicopters to go fight a civil war. Like after they were done filming, Take all those fucking helicopters and go fight the all right, actual let's refuel war. and get back to work. Dude, that literally, like, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah, would happen. Exactly. That's exactly. Dude, and then, and obviously Scarface, like, they had a huge, they filmed, the first half of production was filmed in Miami. Yeah. Until they got too much pressure from the the cartels and from the Miami um, uh, um, politicians to have them stop doing that because one was fucking with their business and the other one didn't want them to have any more of a bad name in Miami. They went to Los Angeles, filmed a little bit more, but the whole time they were trying to secure um, to actually go back to Miami to go film. So they filmed the other half of it down in Miami. It's a whole big back and forth. Same thing with The Godfather. Them, you know, shooting all on on site to Brooklyn. They were not going to do that without, you know, the gentlemen's, uh, the the boys say so. Um, uh, uh, And that was a whole big thing that they negotiated with, with Joe Colombo. To get that script approved, and it was a sit down. Like really? it was a whole, a whole thing. Like Holy. the um, uh, and Joe Colombo actually got them approved. You know, made the concession that the word mafia to be removed from uh, from the entire script, but it's only used one time. They only said the word mafia one time, but they said that the word mafia will not be referred to in any portion of the script. Um, and they cut a deal, and then also all the production costs and all the. Um, all the local restaurants, they had to use only the local people that were in the pocket of the mob. So half of that budget, you know, like maybe 10% of that budget did go straight to the, to the outfit. Um, to to the commission um, uh, when they were filming. So yeah, I have a deep appreciation for movies like that, that that actually are filming something about something while in it at the same time. They feel the realists when you're watching yeah. them. Like, you could feel it. And they also had to like sort of schedule around when their makeup effects would arrive because they had like the head makeup effects artist was in LA and he would send out the props as they'd finish to Haiti to his representative yeah. that he sent with them on set. So it's like it would, it would on a weekly basis, the on set makeup person would receive like a crate of like severed limbs, a head, <laughs> yeah. just whatever. There's, there were some really cool effects in that, in yeah. that movie, dude. Like there was especially towards the end it was like a corpse bride or something there right yeah and then like she grabs her jaw and starts like ripping it and stretching it and i think it was like one scene where like um because he flew into haiti or part of haiti in a, uh, on a helicopter and then like the pilot i guess when he came and checked on the pilot was dead and there's these like maggots like crawling on his face that's that's actually interesting because they had the same effect in in Shocker. Really nice. Um, I, the, the, um, when the when the guy was escape, it was trying to escape before his execution. Um, he pretended to be dead, and they were and one guy was actually trying to give him CPR, and he bit the bottom of his lip and stretched it out. Nice. Um, so it was very. It's probably a very. If you watch both of them together, they're probably similar effects. He lo- like Wes Craven really loves this like dream state. Of mine. Yeah, really. Like, he likes she, dreams. Well, because I didn't know there is a lot of. I never watched Shocker, and, and then like when he mentioned that, I was like, "Oh Jesus!" I was like, "Every film like that." He's got a kind of like a, you know an otherworldly, and then you know bringing yeah. it down to reality kind of sense yeah. to him, which is pretty cool. I mean, that, that must have been a cool feeling though, like like being somewhere and going like you know we'll never be able to film here ever yeah. again. There was like, also another story the DP told when they were filming. 
in a road and he gets down on his knee during a handheld shot and all of a sudden he just like feels all these hands on his head because like all the kids there they've never seen stray hair before so they're just like reaching out on his head to feel his hair oh i think i heard this one before that's really interesting yeah the uh that's that's really in creepy the <laughs> I, think, I think also in that dinner scene there was a, another effect where like they're eating um bill palman's character is eating soup and like just hand coming out of the soup jesus so Wes craven but like oh yeah of course it's freaking awesome oh you know that and beetlejuice <laughs> the uh <laughs> never look at shrimp cocktails the same way will you no the um uh, but yeah that, that that sounds cool like i have not had the privilege of watching the movie now i'm gonna go check it out yeah also i think there's another effect in there like i think somebody rips their head off in there yep right yeah what scene was that brandon trying to remember when it happened I I, it, it's remember. such a packed movie like I, and I just watched it last week when we were supposed to actually watch this the day after i watched it so it'd be fresher <laughs> in my head um, whoops there's a lot of like he plays a lot with like phobia and people's fears like there's a you know fears of snakes and spiders and obviously buried alive is probably the main one like you know i'm that's one of my phobias for sure Love that. Love I, that. I can't be buried. That's that would suck to be buried alive. Well, yeah, yeah. dude. Especially. I, you, um, uh, so I take it you've never seen Buried, right? No, I've never seen. It. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen. You should see Buried. It's a good movie. Should I? Yeah. I will check that Ryan out. Ryan Reynolds plays a guy that's really? buried alive. Yeah, it's nice. Ryan Reynolds in a coffin for ninety minutes. Okay, I don't know if I should take that serious then. <laughs> it's good. Is it so, okay? Yeah. I've heard good things about it. Fair enough. So yeah. what else? What else, Brandon? Um, before we move on to Zach's pick, other Wes Craven movies I like, other than you know Nightmare and Scream, I do like Red Eye. Unlike one of us, right, I want to hear why know. you don't like it because I'm very I curious. I, just, I don't know. I really don't. Man. I, I just I'm not for thrillers. Really, that's really the main one. And there was a lot of underacting there. Like you had an issue with Shocker. I, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joe. Not what I expect from Wes Craven. And well, Brandon, why, why are you a fan? Because I like thrillers. <laughs> and it was a good one. I, I, I Killian Murphy killed it in it. The uh, yeah. Rachel McAdams was likable in it. I, I agree with that. And I, I thought it was a pretty it's, cool. And it's a nice little reversal. And it's, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but it's like they, they do kind of meet each other. And it's, if you were to read the script, not knowing anything about it, just reading the script cold. Mm-hmm. You would think, oh, this is going to be like a romance, a romantic comedy between these two characters. <laughs> oh, no, he's a freaking terrorist. Yes, he, or a hitman or whatever the hell he, or high-end assassin. Yeah. The, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a cool concept. It reminded me of like very specific like espionage movies that like one detail off. Like it, 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 it kind of like, I'm a big show, a fan of the, the show Blacklist. It's all about like yeah. you know like know. high conspiracy and everything else. There's like some shit that would happen in an episode of that because it's like one detail off. Like, in spoiler alert, um, like all he needed her to do was change the room, but she's the only person that would be able to do that. Um, uh, so and like and I like that that aspect of all this that like it was a high end assassination uh, assassination of a political figure, mm. but this one key player and this key thing needed to happen in order for it to be a success. So I like that, that whole aspect of it, that it wasn't just like a traditional kidnapping movie. And also too, Celia Murphy, like I liked his character because it wasn't, he's not a 
crazy psychopath. He's a professional. Like, he has a job to do, and that's all it is about. There's nothing, like, and yeah, it's a horrifying situation, but I understand his character because it's 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 just business. Like, it's, it, there's nothing, and there's nothing scarier than that. Like, there's no emotion to it. It's just, it's very, it's very simple. And I, and I think it's, it, and that's Wes mm-hmm. showing how we can play in, in real life. Because, uh, you know, some people will scoff at it and go, oh, that would never happen. Really? No, no. Really? I learned would. never to say that. Really? I, like, like for, for, for uh, you know, for an assassination like that and for some, you know, for all these wheels to be spinning, I thought it was a pretty impressive movie. And for being in, you know, in one spot. And you know, like, and, and is is she gonna get away? He is he gonna win? Is she gonna win? There's a lot of backwards and forwards. And I get that you don't care for thrillers, but as an example of a thriller, I think this is pretty good. Zach, did you did you see Red Eye? No, never no. got around to it. it I is, remember seeing the trailers back in the day, but I never got around to seeing yeah. it. It is a very good airplane movie. It is better than Snakes True. on a Plane. <laughs> it is better than Soul Plane. It is better than Gimps on a Plane. Oh, uh, well, you don't know that yet. You don't know that. We need to make it, and we will make it better than all those movies. It'll be the best airplane movie ever created, even better than Airplane. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know about that, sir. The, uh, Look, I Mark, am, we can do it. We have the technology. <laughs> but I don't want to spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. leave, leave, leave a comment on this podcast if you're willing to give money to a crowdfunding for Gimps on a Plane. <laughs> you know, I kind of want to post gonna be a crowdfunding real... just to see what happens. If we get $20, it's like, all right, we throw a party for the person who threw the, who gave us the $20. Dude, like, that, then we get to find out how fucked up the world actually is. <laughs> well, oh, people Jesus. actually want to see this. Like, all right, shit. cool. We're, uh, wow. Do we, do we have the, the budget for Tom Cruise? The, uh, oh, God. <laughs> you hear that motherfucker's trying to go to space to film the next Mission Impossible He's movie? going. He is going to die on West camera. Sent it's me. not for Mission Impossible. It's a different movie. It's, it's a whole other movie. And the guy director. The article we read said it was for Mission Impossible. Ooh, I have a question. Has James Cameron and him ever worked together? No. Has Michael Bay and him ever worked together? No. Oh no, no. I'm not worried about that. I don't think any movie second handle that much ego. The um, <laughs> oh yeah, that is a good Michael point. Bay? No, no. But Michael. but like no, but, I'm sorry, not Michael Bay. Um, the fuck's his name? Christopher Hole Seven Forty Seven. What? Who's a uh, um the fucking Batman uh director? Christopher Nolan. There you go. The um. Uh, yeah, it's either Chris Nolan or, or James Cameron will work with Tom Cruise, and yeah. that's and that's the film he'll die on, um, because because Tom Cruise will say some outlandish shit and be like, "Look, let's go make a movie actually in space," and like he's already doing, and and James Cameron will be will be the one who'll say, "Sure." No, as soon as I'm done with my submarine movie at you know at the base of the ocean, um, and spends more money than the fucking Pope. The uh, James Cameron isn't going to do a movie in space. He's he's done that plenty of times. If he's James do Cameron any, wants to go underwater. Exactly. He's gonna he's gonna take any excuse he can to go to the bottom of the ocean and inevitably reach the goddamn core. <laughs> Nolan, on the other hand, who's willing to crash a seven forty seven because he hates CGI that much, and he also that's, said it was easier. <laughs> Dude, that's a little like going cheaper. up to all his post people like. Fuck your job. <laughs> I'm crashing a real plane. Nolan is going to go up to just Space Force and be like, yo, can we borrow this? Sure. 
launched Tom Cruise into outer fucking space, and then realized, how the fuck are we going to get him back down? The, uh, uh, Chris Tom, Nolan... you're dying. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Dude, Chris Nolan's going to go on. Richard the... sure predicted it. The... When they launch his ashes at the end of the uh, season one. <laughs> oh god. Dude, that's dude, that's gonna happen. Like, oh and then Chris God. Nolan's gonna be on the behind the scenes, you know, at the very end of the movie. He's like, he's like, we had to make sure that Tom had shot all of his scenes before we launched. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we couldn't CGI somebody that fucking crazy. Well, couldn't they just like throw him into the uh, prestige cloning thing? <laughs> sure. So that's how Nolan gets his work done. The, Borrow some of the clones from Oblivion. Dude, can you imagine? Yo, dude, yeah. Can you imagine that we're we're actually on our fifth Tom Cruise at this point? We're not. Oh yeah. This yeah, isn't the original know. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has already died like five times. We just keep cloning him, <laughs> and we don't tell him that he's actually not the original Tom Cruise. Please, why is he Like shorter. Alien Three. Like, like we just keep oh we keep God. replacing him. The uh, as time goes on, and he gets smaller. Alien Three or Alien Four? No, no, no. The way you can tell, he gets smaller each four? clone. Yeah, that's why it explains it. Yeah, we're still working out the kinks, uh, Chris. So the <laughs> we haven't quite. We haven't quite figured it out, but the funny thing is, we can just keep adding phone books, like you know, and, 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 and apple crates, like nobody notices. Apple boxes. Apple boxes. We keep nobody notices, so we're good. The um, uh, like eventually the ratios will will go down, and Tom Cruise will be a illegal midget, like and, you know, it will happen. Those special stills. The, uh, one day like, let, something happens at the lab, and they all escape. They're all naked. And now, and now they're and his effects guy is on his um his fucking uh, visual effects guy is sitting there like. Now can I do something? Guys, <laughs> now can I help? Yeah, the coronavirus no. wasn't that bad. There's a freaking million Tom Cruise running around naked. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. In L.A. right now. The, uh, they're, all, they're all locked in the basement of the fucking Scientology building. Like, Forget Locust. We got Tom Cruise, guys. It's going to be it's gonna be like that scene in Westworld when all the fucking like de- debunked fucking androids are in the basement. They're all <laughs> yeah. naked sitting there like this. Like wait, ah, like yeah. waiting to be like restarted. The uh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. But yeah, he's definitely gonna die on camera, and we're all gonna witness it. Oh yeah. Um, if we haven't already witnessed <laughs> it by it. our conspiracy theory of this is not the first Tom Cruise. <laughs> this is like the fifteenth or fifth or something. We're the, definitely gonna a podcast. Is this the real Tom Cruise? The, which uh, Tom Cruise clone? Which is Tom this? Cruise has been developed by the Illuminati? Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, but yeah, yeah, that hasn't happened yet, dude. I I want. Um, if James, you know what? If Cameron's gonna spend that much time underwater, get me a goddamn Bioshock movie already. Jesus. Yeah. The, um, that'd like, be awesome. like, like, if you're gonna spend that much time underwater, Fuck yeah. go fucking figure it out. Like, you know, I'm gonna tell you. You're not wrong. If anybody should do the Bioshock movie, it's Cameron. Yes. It is, yeah. Yeah. He's the, literally the perfect director. If he yeah, wants to shoot a movie underwater, he'll probably build Rapture for it. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what he's doing At the end there. of the movie, he's like, fuck it, I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but you James, need to go to your premiere. James, we can premiere it down here. James, did you not watch your no, own no, movie? So, so he'll <laughs> actually build it. He'll stay down there. Demands the premiere be there. And only the top minds of the world are invited. <laughs> yeah. Did you not watch your own movie? Did you see how that went wrong? <laughs> how things went awry? Don't worry, I'm not calling it Adam. I'm calling it Eve. <laughs> Fuck you, Brandon. You know what? You're in timeout now. <laughs> He's got to help. Zach's out. Brandon's it. You can send me a timeout all you want. I'm not going to stay there. Yeah. Uh, one of those, like like any like any millennial, yeah, <laughs> Gen Z kid. 
I'm like one of those villains on the old TV shows. I'll be back next week. <laughs> We're going to go through the same shit over again. But yeah, no, um, uh, yeah, that James Cameron would definitely do that. He only has to come up for money every once in a while. <laughs> He's going to come up for air once in a while. The checks. No, not the, air, it's money. <laughs> dude, fucking talk to Warren. The check bounced. All right, James, here you go. Here's another check. The, uh, you know, he's a genius. We gotta let him have his space. The fuck is he doing down there anyway? Well, in the rapture, like the, uh, Zach the, said. I, I saw a I'm now of... changing my name to Andrew Ryan. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> All the producers are up there. The, the head of Warner Brothers is up there like, I think we may have gone too far. <laughs> I knew that money was going somewhere. I just His just wife didn't... changes to lamb. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Yeah. oh, God. The fuck is going on down there? <laughs> I hear he's up uh, on dry land filming Avatar 2. I, I believe I saw a set photo, but I'm not, not quite sure if it's true or not. I, I believe another it's clone. all shot. Everything's... I believe everything's shot. I don't know where they are in terms of effects. Yeah, it's gonna take. They a while. might be finished with the second one. Might be. I know they're not finished with three, four, and five, but I do. Wait, know... they're going up to five now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. what the fuck? Because why the fuck not, James? What are you doing? He's gonna spend the rest of his life building Rapture and making Avatar movies like that. Or is it four? <laughs> dude, I know there's gonna be at least four total. God dude, damn it, um, dude, dude. I did not know. Am that. I the only but one? I, know, I also know Disney delayed everything by at least a year when they acquired 20th Century Fox. <clears throat> no, I'm sure he was happy about that. Oh, I'm but... sure he was. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, man, it's fucking like I'm not the only one who's thinking of like, oh, like uh, when he eventually does that, he's gonna have like the opening video, like Andrew Ryan did at the beginning of Bioshock, <laughs> be like, "My name is James Cameron." They. They told me in Hollywood that uh, that if I wanted to make a movie, they would own it. I refuse to accept the ideology. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his property? <laughs> if a man wants to uh, make an underwater city to make a movie and over uh, overextend his budget by at least a billion dollars, is he not entitled to do that? <laughs> No. Oh man, James Cameron. It's like Disneyland, but you're always afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon for the win. <laughs> Holy shit! Bio- Bioware wouldn't release the rights to Bioshock, so I made my own. Bioware doesn't own Bioshock. That's two K. Those two K games, yeah. The uh, no, it was, it, it, was a, it was a collaboration between two of them. It was two K games and Bioware. I don't remember they, Bioware having anything to do with Bioshock. They, they were the... Are you the, sure? The, I'm almost positive. I don't that think was, so. They were the co-producer. We'll look it up later. The, um... Uh, but yeah, about that James Cameron. <laughs> the, uh... Oh, fucking hell. So, Zach... <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about I, again? I, I forgot. I was about to call you Wes for some reason, because you're wearing the hat. Yeah, um, oh yeah, that's definitely the Wes look, brother. Uh, what's your pick for a Wes Craven movie? Uh, well, James Cameron Land. Back on track. <laughs> that's that's X pick. James Cameron Land. Yeah, James Cameron Land by default because James Cameron is the greatest pioneer. James Cameron. James Cameron. The uh, <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, uh, my favorite Wes Craven movie is without a doubt Nightmare on Elm Street. But I'm not here to talk about my favorite movie. I'm ta- here to talk about the movie that I was forced to watch for this podcast. You're welcome. What did you watch? I've watched The Hills Have Eyes. The original? Yeah. Nice. It does not hold up. Does it not? No, it does not. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> All right, so, let's, let's hear about it. I want to hear okay. this. Okay. 
So the basic plot of the story is this family inherited a silver mine. I believe it was a silver nine. And Do I care? No, nobody I does. I don't know why you're looking at me. Something's happening. Nothing's uh, happening. But their original plan was to take this trip to California for vacation, but they really want to see this silver mine. They stop. They get gas. This dude tells them, don't go to the silver mine. It's a very bad idea. We're going to go to the silver mine. No, it is a very bad idea. Do not go. We're going to go. Oh, fuck it's it. Basically, we're Cabin of the Woods <clears throat> got that gas station attendant character. Oh, yeah. Essentially. Fair enough. So, they're driving, they're driving, they crash for reasons I do not remember, because I probably didn't care at the time. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, now they're stranded in the middle of the fucking desert. Uh, one guy goes off, uh, look for shit. The father goes back to the gas station to see if he can get some gas. And the rest of the family just stays put. There's two dogs, one gets killed, the other one doesn't. Actually, the dog that does get killed is like the special agent superhero. He's kind of cool. He's just killing off all the fucking cannibals by himself. Super dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, there's a fucking makeshift family of cannibals uh, in these mountains. Hence, hence the hills have eyes. Uh, there's one who doesn't like that she's a cannibal and doing all this evil mean shit. So she tries to escape at the beginning of the film, but that doesn't work out. <clears throat> She's brought back to the family and everything. Uh, you learn that the gas station uh, owner is actually the father of the lead cannibal. Apparently this baby was a monster and uh, he just wanted to get rid of it. So he left it in the middle of the desert thinking, yeah, this will kill him. It didn't. He just made himself a family and his whole little group of people and is now killing people every chance they get. Nice. Uh, yeah, um, apparently this movie was very controversial back in the 70s. I don't see how, because Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a way more graphic and vile movie oh, than yeah. this ever could be. And that was like, that was like what, a couple years apart, yeah. if not the same year? That was. I I know they were in the... Hills of Eyes <clears throat> was three years after. Really? Oh, wow, okay. And that was like too much for audiences, too. They had to pull Texas Chainsaw from theaters because it was just too much. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw, so, I could like, see to a degree. This, I'm like... Yeah, this one, I'm... Seriously, people? Dude, I still I still love that whole tidbit about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was was partially financed by Michael Francis's father, the um, uh, <laughs> who was a who was a lieutenant in the uh, who was a lieutenant in the uh, guy, I, what, I what New York what New York family? It was one of the New York families. There's yeah. a lieutenant in there. He's, he's still like 109 or something like right now. One of the oldest uh, oldest Dude is mafia still members. Alive. That's amazing. It's crazy. He was yeah. he got arrested at like the age of 90 for selling narcotics. Oh, nice. <laughs> He was fucking insane. Jesus. The um, uh, but yeah, he he um, uh, oh no, he did die recently. He died. Oh uh, wait, he died. He, he, like like wait. last couple months. I just remember that. Oh, a couple yeah, months. Yeah, he he, right. he partially financed Deep Throat and uh and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's one of the he's one of the financiers and uh, really? one of the co-producers. I'm sure if you looked it up, you probably would I probably would find I'm that on like to. IMDb or something. Yeah. Back on track. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Good movie. I can understand the controversy back then. This I don't. This movie does not hold up. It's not that graphic or vile, really. There's barely any gore in it. Ugh. So even with people eating people, there's not that much graphic? You don't really even see people eat people. That's the thing. How One guy he... gets cooked alive, but that's it. It's just kind of... How does the like, special effects hold up? Like, I mean, the special effects, effects the... they're okay. Yeah. I mean, it's basic 70s effects. This doesn't seem like the highest budget movie, but... Oh, it wasn't. Yeah, so it's... I mean, like basically their whole safety procedure was everybody watch where you're going. Don't trip. Fair enough. Okay. I do commend them for actually filming in the desert. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the scene, like the scenery looks great. Like you could like 
production value and everything is there. It's not like it's a bad movie. It's just by today's standards of horror movie and stuff, it's just okay. And all the controversy surrounding it is just completely unnecessary, in my opinion. Well, I think, I think, like, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they were they were cannibals as well. So yeah, yeah. The um, I think, yeah. um, but there's another shit going on. The um, uh, I I guess I guess the idea of being, you know, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then also that movie, like, cannibalism wasn't talked about like in mainstream society. Like, it wasn't a, a thing, and I imagine that's where some of that controversy came from. Yeah, but you don't actually see a lot. It's mainly more just, I guess, if anything, heavily implied. Okay. Like, Fair they enough. kidnap uh, this infant baby and they imply that they're going to eat it. They never do. Mm. So, because uh, the girl at the beginning who wanted to, like, get away saves the baby and runs off and, like, helps the father. But that's, an- that's another problem I have with the movie. The movie just ends. All right. Like, they kill off the final cannibal and it's just end. What? Like, yeah. it- as soon as it, like... Takes his final breath. It's oh just... yeah, there was an ending that got cut, and I do believe it is available on the Blu-ray. That's why I I managed like there was a copy on YouTube that somebody had uploaded, so I just watched it there. So I highly doubt I watched any special edition or anything like that. But well, that's an interesting. <clears throat> you bring up an interesting point, you know, and, and I think I bring and I brought it up with uh, with uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Without without Scream and without Nightmare, you know, by and large, does Wes have you know, have a, a decent pedigree. Like, oh man, because I, I mean, I, like, I'm gonna ask those hard questions. Like, without Nightmare and without without Scream, among all his other movies, it sounds like he has more bad than he yeah, has good. Yeah, he's, he's he does. also produced a good chunk of movies that turned out really good. Like one movie I wanted to do for this podcast, I thought he directed it this whole time, but he didn't. He produced it. Uh, was Wishmaster? Wishmaster, Genie, okay. essentially. Um, that's a really good demonic movie, but he didn't direct it. He produced it. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can't talk about that. And I've seen a bunch of other movies with his name, like, attached to it, but he wasn't a director. So I know he has the talent and he definitely can be involved in movies that turn out good. I think Serpent and and the Rainbow is one of the most, like, underrated films by Wes Craven. Fair enough. Nobody really, like, remembers. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I think, like, he does have some bad movies in his filmography, but if you take out Nightmare and you take out Scream... You still have a lot of very good movies. They're yeah. just movies that just weren't captured by the mainstream. The mainstream. That's yeah. fine. Because you yeah. still have Serving the Rainbow. You still have Swamp Thing. You still have Shocker. You still have People Under the Stairs. Yep. You still have Music of the Heart with Meryl Streep, where she plays a violin teacher teaching violin to inner city Harlem kids. Which is um, the red eye. Dude, it's, it's just like like that is like when Rockstar made a ping pong game. You just you went, what? <laughs> that happened. You you just don't remember. You're right. I don't. They, uh, yeah, Rockstar made a, you know, and for everyone to know, Rockstar is the people who made who made GTA and Red Dead Redemption. I was just gonna say, Man, Man, Hunt. Hunt. oh no, yes. ladies and gentlemen, back in the day, especially in the PS2 day, Rockstar made a lot of games. They didn't just make GTA and. Red, and Red Dead. Dead because people seem to like that game for some reason yeah. I like the first one don't like the second one as much the um but, but, but yeah they made games like Manhunt can we please Man. for the love of Christ get a Manhunt yeah. VR Manhunt just needs to come back I'm good with I'm cool with VR but Manhunt definitely needs to come Dude, back I would love like, that it needs, it, like, it, needs a, it needs at least a sequel or a remaster look I'm just I'm saying that it would be the best form of stress relief, Manhunt VR. Just being able to murder people in virtual reality. <laughs> just that, it's like this, I, I'm pissed, and it's just like 
You just take a bag, ramp it over somebody's head, and just suffocate them. You take a baseball bat and start beating the ever-living shit out of them. Take a crowbar. How do you like your ball sack? Boom! Rip! This, <laughs> this, this is what, dude. It would be cool if they had, like, online with that. That would be freaking awesome. Eh. Just, well, you can't hunt other people? I don't this, really care this, about this, online, this, but this, this I would, is, dude. This is what happens when when, when Zach's been, been quarantined for three months. The uh, little pent-up. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, like that's fucking weird. Like Wes Craven making a like a you know a, a heartfelt movie about teaching violin, you know, the uh, you know inner city kids to play the violin. Again, it's like Rockstar making a ping pong game. The uh, it's just table tennis. Like there's nothing else to it. It's just that. Like I remember Samuel Jackson talk like hosting the video game awards. He's like got yeah, fucking Rockstar making ping pong games. Like I played it and I was like expecting like a hooker to jump out somewhere. <laughs> and, then, and he's like, nope, nope. It's and I just figured out it's just table tennis. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, yeah, that's weird. That was, um, that was disappointed. Yeah, but uh, no, that's uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm wrong. The uh, that, that 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 is by by and large that Wes has more successes than failures outside of Scream and outside of Nightmare. It's just Nightmare, not Scream, is just fucking amazing. The uh, and, and that's fine. Everybody has their preferences. And I, and I appreciate Nightmare very much, though. Yeah. The um, still holds up. And yeah, that, that is something that pulled him into the mainstream. And Scream kept him in the mainstream. So those two movies are the most commercially viable movies of his career. I mean, you so. could say Scream kept him in the mainstream, but we all know it was Nightmare. The, uh, I, sure. Um, uh, the, uh, it, it tapped, it tapped him into a new audience, um, of Generation X at that time. So people that were coming up. So. And then you have New Nightmare, which was way ahead of its time. Oh, very much. <laughs> like almost like Gremlins 2 ahead of its yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely ahead of its time. New but, Nightmare is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, perfect time too. Like, you know, like to, uh, Scream and, and New Nightmare are good. That's a good double feature to have. Um, uh, that's a, that's good. That's a cool double feature. I'm down for that the one. um uh, but uh, yeah no, no no I'm glad I'm wrong I'm glad I'm wrong but anyway uh, anything more to say about the Hills Have Eyes? I want to watch the remake because I feel like it's a much more entertaining movie. Oh, it is. Oh, well, I, mean, I hear good things modern, about that. Even Wes Craven said he prefers the remake. He was a producer on yeah. it. Oh, yeah. there you go. You know, I think you start to realize, you know, about, you know, uh, budget constraints and yeah. different times and things like that. I'm going to say this one, one is more towards the times than anything else. Fair enough. Can you, I mean, can you see, you know, because this is early in his career, can you see that talent shining through? I mean, like I said, it's a competent movie. It's just, by my standards, it's just like, okay, this is, it's okay because everything's implied. You don't really see much violence or gore or anything like Fair that. Enough. I was and bored by it. The fam- and also the family is, well, kind of fucking stupid. You were told specifically, yeah, yeah. don't go to the mines. <laughs> People making really? stupid decisions in horror movies? Yeah. That's crazy. Now, I, I do remember when the remake came out. It came out like the same week or within the same month as that Robin Williams movie, RV. Oh. So I've always wanted to see a crossover between the two. <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> Where it's Robin Williams with his family in the RV, and they end up in the desert uh, with the family of Hills of Eyes. That's probably one of Robin Williams' worst movies. It's it's a yeah. bad fucking movie. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watching the two remakes that came out, because I heard those were pretty good movies. I have seen the second one. There was two remakes? I heard the second one was violent. I haven't seen the second one. I don't really remember much of it. I just remember thinking, this is ridiculous. Either way. Ridiculous good or ridiculous bad? ridiculous fair enough he may have actually written that one actually 
Oh, okay. Because I know he produced both of them. Uh, Hold on, bring it up on IMDb. Yeah, he wrote the second one. Okay. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Cool, cool, cool. The, um, uh, so anything, any other movies you get to peruse? Not really, I didn't care for anything else. You didn't want to watch Swamp Thing? No. Isn't that like rated PG? Yeah. That's interesting. It was supposed to be rated R, but it got cut. Oh. And unfortunately, I, I believe the footage is lost. Well, that sucks. I, Fucking MPAA. I, I still want to always see Lost House on the Left, the original. Uh, it's, take Zach's opinion on the original Hills of Eyes, and I have a similar opinion to the original Last House on the Left. Fair enough. Sounds legit. Fair enough, fair enough. The, um, uh, yeah. In, uh, um... David actually gave me a, um, uh, a really good idea for um, my question of the podcast. So, yep. unless Brandon's got any last minute tidbits. Hashtag Gimps on a plane. Hashtag Gimps on a plane. Hashtag James Cameron's Bioshock. The, uh, <laughs> hashtag Rapture. <laughs> the, uh, hashtag Cameronland. The, uh, <laughs> hashtag James Cameron's Rapture. <laughs> the oh uh, my so uh, anyway uh, Disneyland. So what is because we're all creative folks here and we all want to want to be you know we're all filmmakers and, and, and we try to be. It, it, I know we do. Um, uh, we we are we we, we do that. Um, but we do our best. What is a phobia that you would love to see covered in a horror movie? Um, even if it's been done before, mm. maybe something you want to get in a more in depth view of it or. You know, uh, maybe something you know that you want to you know perf- uh, um, pontificate. That's the word I'm looking for. Pontificate uh, upon even deeper. Um, uh, so there's plenty of phobias in horror movies, oh, yeah. and that's what horror movies pretty much are. Arachnophobia but, for me. Arachnophobia. Like I, I really do. Alien freaks see more. didn't do, didn't do it for you. Alien freaks didn't do it for me. I think it freaks is such a fun movie. Dude, I though. love that. I love that fucking movie so much. The, uh, oh just, my god! Just also, because my wife's afraid of spiders, so. <laughs> and actually, a really cool um, motocross scene in that movie. Um, uh, the really well done motocross. I wouldn't scene say cool, that. more or less ridiculous. I do. I think it's great. Especially like, <laughs> really like random 20, 20 year olds who know how to ride BMX like that, or, or especially when the spiders are just mumbling to themselves, was talking it? shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it's it like, David Arquette in, in that one too? Yes, it was David Arquette yeah. and Jesse from Breaking Bad was in that movie. He gets killed. Uh, he's one of the motocross guys that gets killed. I gotta rewatch oh, yeah. that one. The um, uh, but uh, that's a fun one. I gotta rewatch that. You also have know. a young Scarlett Johansson in that one. Oh yeah, that's right. I oh forgot really? About that. I forgot yep. about that, dude. The, um, I forgot about that, dude. I love the one fucking paranoid radio host. It's the goddamn aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the alien spiders. He's down there. He's like, you goddamn right, it's alien spiders. What year did that come out? It was like two thousand three. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. I knew it was like right around that time. I'm kind of curious to see how like a remake or like a second Jesse part. Jesse had frosted would... tips in, the, in, in that in that movie. So he, <laughs> oh I mean, yeah, that was really early two thousand. Mark and his love for frosted tips. The, uh, no, I, I'm just like it, it's it's not a really a love. It's more of a fascination. <laughs> the uh, it's it's like it's like seeing like we're gonna a find zebra a pic- run down the street. We're like, gonna find a picture of him one day with frosted tips and just be like, you son of a bitch! I burnt those photos. Um, uh, uh, you will never find another one is uh, phobia of snakes. So, whatever that snake, phobia is. I, I, yeah, arachnophobia, arachnophobia. I guess uh, just know. because you know snakes on a plane didn't do it for me, or anaconda. Anaconda didn't hey, do it that for was you. Just, 
That was really awesome post-90s effects, man. What about Lake Placid versus Anaconda? Oh, God. That was the thing? Yes, it was. Oh, dude, we were at the bar watching it. You don't remember that? Oh, I missed that. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was really drunk. Exactly. No, you weren't. That was the problem. But I wasn't drunk enough to miss Leprechaun in the Hood. Which one? Back in the Hood? No, it wasn't Back in the Hood. It was the original. The original is that. The one where the dude... You can have a fun time with Leprechaun in the Hood. The, uh... Back to the hood, not so much. Dude, I was like watching a car wreck. I couldn't turn my eyes away from it. Like, I was... Like, I ignored my whole party, like, that was going on over here at the bar. The people were playing darts and shit. I just... Ended up at the bar just just transfixed by watching the stupidity of this fucking movie. The, uh... Like, this is crazy! Oh my god. Holy shit! Like, this is a thing now. This is... This is a thing. The, uh... No, those are some pretty solid phobias. Um, what about you, Zach? What are some, uh, what are some that you, that you don't think have been covered enough? Or you'd like to cover it? I guess the ocean. Alright. So more, like, deep sea shit? Yeah. You know, like, like I mean, we got, like... Yeah, you know, I mean, like, um, we got, like, deep, that? deep rising. Like, you had deep yeah. rising. Yeah, but I feel like there's not enough of it, and more or less, there's not enough good like deep sea stuff. <laughs> what, what Deep Rising wasn't good enough? No, for you? Deep Rising was great. I love that movie to death. I'll watch it this day, even though the CGI does not hold up. Oh, oh no, oh. it does. Oh, it does not. It's terrible CGI. It's still a super fun movie, dude. It's still one of my favorite deaths, though. Is that the Asian girl getting sucked through the toilet? The uh, and, oh and my the, god, was, I remember it was that. Crazy great. Yeah. The um, uh, great movie. Love it. And also the axe, the axe effect to the head was really good in that. That was the one thing they did, they did do well. When like half the bridge is behind like a um, a safe room and they open mm-hmm. it up and then like some like one of the crew members like takes a fucking axe to somebody's head and then they shoot him in the head like the axe effect is actually pretty good. Yeah. But um yeah just ocean I guess. Ocean deep yeah, ocean absolutely. Be be man. Um I hope I'm pronouncing this right but I I think you could make a really interesting horror movie out of half a phobia. Which is the fear of being touched or touching other people? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff you can yeah, do. Yeah, like with I, that. I don't know exactly what to do off the top of my head, but it's there. I think there's a lot of stuff you can do. The um, I um, the one I, I would like to do it, like it's kind of been done um, in a lot of cases, but in other cases it hasn't. Is fire, like a fear of fire. Um, or fear of burning alive. Like I, I, I would like to do something more with that. Like you know, there, there are certain deaths that are that are associated with that in horror yeah. movies. But like to do a whole movie on it. Um, you know, maybe something about a pyromaniac. Um, I mean, there's there's kind of like elements in other movies, but like to do a straight up horror movie about a about a pyromaniac, would, nice. I think would be pretty dope. The um, not I can't think of any that, that like have solely focused on that. But yeah, there's some deaths. Like, obviously, you know, um, Freddy's death um, towards the end of the original Nightmare. I mean, that's, you know, that's a whole fire death. And, and that's pretty much Freddy's character. But I don't think they've ever done anything, like, solely on being, you know, uh, having a pyromaniac on the loose. So I'd, I'd definitely be dig, dig that. Um, anything to do with, like, natural elements would be cool. Um, uh, you know, any kind of, like, um, even acid. Like, acid or anything like that. That'd be cool, mm-hmm. too. They, um, I'd definitely dig that. So, any other... Any other things you thought of last minute for phobias? Not that I can think of. All right, all right, all right. Well, I, I, I guess, I, I guess, I guess, gentlemen, I think we've reached the the end of the road. The yeah. uh, any any last minute thoughts, David? Last minute thoughts. Um, I recommend Serpent and the Rainbow if you haven't seen it or if you 
definitely want to tackle a Wes, Wes Craven film that's not Nightmare or Scream. Definitely Serpent in the Rainbow or uh, People Under the Stairs. Nice, nice. Zach? Squirrels. Of course. Brennan? I also recommend Serpent in the Rainbow <laughs> and People Under the Stairs. Copycat. Well, if, you, if you're into weird shit, definitely I check just them re- out. Also check out his Swamp Thing. Also support our GoFundMe for Gimps on a Plane. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are not going to make a GoFundMe for Gimps on a Plane. You're right. We're unless enough people request it. Yeah, unless people request it. So if you want it, we will do it. Remember, hashtag Gimps on a Plane. The, uh, yeah. oh God. When you share share this video, share it with hashtag Gimps on a Plane. Hey. The, um, uh, the, yeah, the, the uh, if you want to, and, uh, and then my final thing, if you want to see a good Wes Craven movie, do not watch uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, Unless you want to laugh. And, no, it's not even that. You don't want to laugh then. It's not even fucking funny. The, uh, like, like, that's the horrible part of it. it that's, I was expecting at least that, but no, not funny. Not funny at all. Which sucks. It pretty much sucks, yeah. But definitely check out, check out Shocker. Um, uh, it's it's definitely worth your time. Really fun, fun '80s horror movie. Uh, highly recommend it. A lot of fun. And definitely recommend the, these uh, other things. Uh, definitely, uh, if you do want us to do uh, hashtag Gimps on a Plane, we will uh, we'll definitely uh, go ahead. Make sure you share and like this video with hashtag Gimps on a Plane. Um, Please don't <laughs> hashtag Gimps on a Plane. <laughs> I don't know what kind of screenplay we would produce from that. <laughs> Look, we will figure I it can out. Guarantee it would be ridiculous as all hell, and everybody would walk out either confused, <laughs> laughing their ass off, or mortified. Well, as the CFO, turned on. As, Who knows? As, as, there you go. <laughs> as the CFO of this company, I can almost guarantee that we'll get a budget for that. Somebody will finance that. Look, if you really want, we'll even put David in a gimp suit. <laughs> he was like, I didn't volunteer for this. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon is, is is considering his life choices right now. Yeah, because he's gonna absolutely be the DP for it, and I mean the DP for it. Uh, okay, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna head out. Maybe. The uh I'll think about it. Those are all the answers. Yeah, those are all the responses, Steven. Yes, no, maybe I'll think about it. The um uh, but that being said, um, in all serious, um, uh, go, go ahead and give us a like, share, and subscribe um, for this awesome podcast. Please check out um, all the amazing other uh, Nightmares podcasts that we have. Um, uh, Black Martin Brand um, is up now. It's a fantastic interview with Amy and Lon from Black Martin Brands and Amy's Abominations. They're super, super awesome folks uh, filmed at uh, Ghoulish Mortals in St. Charles. Uh, please give that. Uh, St. That- Charles, Illinois. Illinois, very specifically. Um, they are an awesome store for all of your uh, horror art needs. And then, of course, please check out our narrative show, Living Nightmares. We had episode one, two, and three, and four um, uh, on the way uh, sometime by the end of the summer. And, uh, and of course, um, uh, tell everybody about the channel. Um, uh, and uh, go ahead and check us out on... You can follow us at Midwest Horror Network on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and Slasher. And then also, of course, we are on Spotify and Anchor, and you can actually go and directly support this podcast um, by providing any kind of donations. We always appreciate it. Obviously, we know that times are hard, but um, if you can uh, you know, um, help us out in any way, uh, it will directly go towards funding directly to this channel um, and help support uh, the very costly productions of Living Nightmare episodes. Um, uh, so uh, thank you very much, as always. Um, uh, you all are awesome. Have a great, uh, great rest of the day. 
So Sweet yeah. dreams. Please do not forget. <laughs> please that, do not forget to visit our GoFundMe page for Gimps on a Plane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> hashtag Gimps on a Plane. Five dollars minimum, we get a hat with hashtag Gimps on a Plane. <laughs> hashtag uh, James Cameron uh, Bioshock. Hashtag uh, James Cameron Rapture. Uh, Twenty dollars to get both. Yeah. <laughs> And for the low, low price of $20, you get one night with Mark. <laughs> no. And a gimp suit. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll just say it's me, but it's actually going to be David. Ha ha. See you guys. See a nice little switcheroo. Um, and remember, like Brandon said about James Cameron Land. What? <laughs> <laughs> remember, James Cameron Land, it's like Disney, except not safe. <laughs>